0: Today, we are going to be talking about our confessions and questions, why I ran out of inspiration a few weeks ago, and before I took my social media break, which I'm still on, I asked you on Instagram, just to give me your, I did not really say hot takes, unfortunately, that just came to my mind. But I asked for your confessions and your questions, and honestly, just kind of like a vent in general. And I had a really fun time reading the responses, and I might split the episode, but I just want to go through a few of the ones that resonated with me right now, and also I feel like do speak. To kind of like the theme of this episode, which is leaving September behind, starting the month with new energy, new emotions, and hopefully we feel better if we're feeling a little bit, um, a little bit groggy, just a little bit, not at the better best, which is definitely my case. Um, September has been kind of, it's been challenging, a little bit draining. Um, a little bit uncomfortable and that speaks to the transitional time which I'm going through and honestly I so fortunately I feel like I'm not lonely I truly feel like I'm not alone and I think that's why I brought (laughs) these confessions and questions I mean not truly confessions I guess well kind of half and half but this is why I brought insight from our beautiful listeners um, into this space also as an introduction to kind of a wide range of insight from the outside because sooner than later (laughs) just to not be fully specific but sooner than later um, there's going to be a new format of episodes which will be interview which I'm very excited about Um, it's something that I like started initiated with But then because of life and admin, I stopped. But I'm really excited to bring that back. So honestly, I'm really happy to bring some insight today. So we're going to go through your confessions and questions, everybody. I'm going to start with mine, which is I'm having such a hard time leaving summer behind. And I think this is not even like a hot take this is nothing new this is um, nothing controversial I think maybe it's kind of like the post-summertime sadness I don't really know I just I just I'm having a really hard time letting go of the summer I had a really great summer and I think that's the nature of you know better weather and having some spare time those of us who had spare time and being able to travel and see people and spending more time outside and everything and in my case it was all of that it was just like the perfect pack of people places solitude food um ocean i was painting all summer long i was doing watercolors um and reading i my my favorite book uh which i went through the summer i found it on on a second hand store in dublin it's called Bonjour Tristez, which is, it means, it translates to Hello Sadness, which is kind of honestly the perfect mood for like a summertime sadness, baddie energy. You know what I mean? It's honestly perfect. And I was reading it as summer was ending, you know, like, well, not really ending. It was like the first week of August. I was flying back, you know, I was like leaving all those beautiful, warm places. And Well, actually, well, anyway, yeah, sort of, sort of, sort of. Um, And it was the most amazing and perfect summer read. So now I have a few souvenirs in my room of the items that remind me of the summer. You know, my watercolor set and my books. And um, I bought this, like, fan um, abanicos in Spain, like a hand-painted fan I don't really know how to call those in in English but you know those ones which I used to I mean obviously when I was really warm but also when I wanted to like dry my paints (laughs) my watercolors and so I honestly have like this massive bag of like things that remind me of the summer that are still kind of like on the bag when I came back like from my packed stuff from like my suitcase Anyway. There's a few memories of the summer and I'm just having a really hard time digesting that and I know that it's many people's case when, you know, either you go traveling or you step out of your regular routine, your hometown or whatever and you have an amazing summer. In my case, it was the second summer of the year. I was quite lucky. I My first summer was in December, January of this year, well, January of this year and then I had another one this year, and I might potentially have another one in December if I um, travel back to the southern hemisphere in the summer, to back to New Zealand. So anyway, summertime sadness, (laughs) post-summertime sadness is always really hard to navigate, no matter how many summers you live. Um, Not truly, I guess, it's just... I guess it speaks of the nature of humans being really dependent on weather and space, and I find that really interesting because there's many things that we can control, and at the same time, there's many others that we can't, and we can the best we can do is learning better ways to navigate those scenarios, those spaces. and I'm learning um how to adapt to this like stage of my life where I'm at at the moment um definitely changing definitely transitioning from one stage to another so it's been quite uncomfortable and I'm having a really hard time accepting that summer's over and that things are different now I guess um it's definitely hitting me with nostalgia and what I've been doing to deal with it in a way has been writing about it I had not written sort of like poetry or personal essays in a while so this kind of like nostalgia and like yeah this kind of yeah this (laughs) these feelings of like evoking happy memories and like sort of like better times or whatever started hitting me maybe a couple months ago and I started writing and painting and doing all those things to kind of channel those emotions and that energy into something external and it's been quite nice honestly I don't know if it's been helping me kind of to get that off my chest, but it's been quite great just having little pieces that, <laughs> just having some some more souvenirs that remind me of that time, I don't know, but I feel like I'm, like, that sort of, like, mediates that in a way, or keep, keeps me somewhat, Um, I don't know, just, like, instead of scrolling on social media and getting more depressed, I guess, that keeps me, Um, it's kind of like a hobby where I can channel that. Anyway, um, there's way more interesting uh, confessions and questions here. So I'm going to go through the first one, which is all of it. First of all, first of all, they're kind of like all mixed. Um, So I'm really sorry if like the tone is like, it's just kind of all over the place. It's a mess. But I think that's the nature of wrapping up the month. So it's kind of going to be scattered all over, different moods, different, different vibes um so first question we have is how do you have the courage to make those hard life-changing decisions this is a big question and and i think it's a good question because it's something that i've been asking myself consistently almost every day right now at this stage in my life where I'm trying to figure out a few things and um, this is a question that we should ask ourselves very often in first person you know what I mean like how do we do things or like how you know whatever I think it's very important at least I can personally say from experience from having to take really hard and tough decisions I think it's really important to consistently ask ourselves this question because I think answers do change depending on the life stage the stage of life sorry we're in and our current needs and you know I think there's many factors I think there's truly many factors I think broadly speaking this is I could just say that this is within yourself and you know that this is only you know the answer to this however I can also speak universally I think we're overstimulated and I think that right now more than ever, having so many options, having so many, you know, images and social media and movies and books and audiobooks and podcasts and just having so many information, there's just like an overflow of things in our minds and there's so many voices speaking to us. And at least personally, I sometimes really struggle to distinguish which voice is mine and which voice comes from somewhere else. And so I can see myself very heavily influenced sometimes, from time to time, (laughs) very heavily influenced if, if I'm not really conscious or if I'm in a really low moment of my life, you know, kind of listening to other voices and sort of getting carried away with, you know, expectations or life journeys or whatever that aren't really mine so I think broadly speaking besides the fact that like only you know this answer it's I think it's really hard taking a big decision when there's an overflow of information and 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 we're overstimulated so what I would say would be to kind of try to cut off distractions and try to cut off like those overstimulating things for instance for me it's social media like I I've been really open about how addicted I've been and how I mean I'm gonna say it right now right here right now I'm currently quite addicted well that's why I stopped maybe a couple weeks ago I was truly addicted um but yeah I realized I I I I I realized as well that I was just getting really carried away by other narratives and other dialogues and everything. So I really just wanted to step back from that and see what I actually wanted. Like I wanted to take a good decision based on my own criteria, my own experience, my own values. And that's kind of hard sometimes to um, listen to or acknowledge when there's a lot of external stimulation. So I would say, Kind of tuning into yourself, because at the end of the day, we know the answers to things. We have them. We know them. They're within ourselves. As corny and cheesy as that sounds, I, I do believe that. And I, I also think that a great way of knowing if a, if a decision is good or maybe not so good or wrong is if you feel peace, you know, whatever thing gives you the most peace go with that I feel I've been learning to distinguish what actually gives me peace and what I like as an idea or what you know what I would like to like you know what I mean so I think practicing that from a very basic level within your life you know in 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 your daily life learning to listen to the peace you know to your body when you feel at peace or to the peace that feel that comes from something when you are choosing from from a more conscious state of mind if that makes any sense so at the moment I feel like it's really helped me um controlling like kind of like being more in control and stepping away from using social media so much and doing other practices like Replacing that with things that just nurture me, um, in this case, my body, just because I know that I think more clearly when I'm doing exercise, when I'm in movement. So that really enhances the way that I think and my state of consciousness. So I think there's many ways of doing these kinds of things. But broadly speaking, I would say um, stepping away a little bit from distractions and things that overstimulate us that we can replace with With other activities that maybe enhance our state of awareness, our consciousness, I would say, if you can, that would be, I mean, at least that really works for me and is currently working. Um, So that's been quite enjoyable, definitely. Um, We have a little, well, I guess this is a confession, I don't know, but it says... I'm really struggling mentally and emotionally to stay on track. I went through a breakup a few weeks ago and most of my social circles are shared and all the places remind me of them. This is honestly so hard. I really feel for you. I have been there before and it's really, really tough. So sending lots of love, it's really hard to navigate some breakups, some more more than others, especially those where there's, you know, kind of like a life belt and you have social circles in common and, and family and, you know, things like that. It's, oh my goodness, it's so hard. I find myself sometimes missing family members of them more than them. <laughs> so I do understand this so, so much. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm of the idea of kind of like stepping back as I literally just previously said, stepping back from things that don't really make us or, you know, that don't really give us gives us peace in the moment, you know. So I think from personal experience, I don't even know if this is right or wrong, but from personal experience, it's really helped me help to me a breakup to like reground myself and, you know, in all levels, like personally, emotionally, socially, hobby-wise, you know, everything, even job-wise, last time I just had a a job glow up, truly, it was great, Um, (laughs) but um, yeah, I think, I think it could be really hard seeing, you know, living life, and you know, I don't know if you're in university, or working, or you know, whatever, but it it could be really hard just like going to university or going to work and seeing people that you had in common. And, you know, it could be really hard to escape or, you know, step back from. So it's not as easy as unfollowing somebody, somebody on Instagram. With that being said, I do agree with maybe unfollowing people and blocking people. Um, Many people like... Many people have told me that it's really intense of me to like support blocking people. But to be honest, I do support it. Sometimes it's necessary. And blocking people does not mean always that you like hate them or you wish them the whatever, the worst, or you don't want to see them even. I think sometimes blocking online is probably the only little chunk that you can control. And if you're going to be online for five hours a day, eight hours a day, you might as well kind of curate a little bit what you what 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 is what will be feeding you, you know, so whatever extent of control you have in your life with those things that remind you of them or like those people, I think, yeah, also on another note, I think if they're truly your friends, they will understand if you need distance or if you need to set boundaries, for example, I've talked to you know whenever this happens like with within my friend circle or even myself or yeah i think you know sometimes you need to talk to the friends in common if you choose to keep them of course or you know to nurture those relationships if they're good for you and you know they give you peace and whatever sometimes it's necessary to talk to them and tell them like hey i need you to stop talking to me about this you know like this is now me and you as a friend nothing more connects connects me to that other person. So I don't want you to be the link between us two anymore. You know, like having really clear boundaries in that sense really helps. I've had friends telling me that whenever they say that to those other friends, they just kind of like ignore it or, you know, think that it's ridiculous or that it's really dramatic and I think that really sucks just because I think we're in all the right in the world to, to if, if they really care for us, if our friends really want the best for us, especially empathize with the horrible time that a breakup brings, you know, most of the time, I think people understand when they care and they will listen to you if they want to keep your, keep you as a friend, keep you around sort of thing. Um so I think I'm a big ab- advocate for having those conversations and being really clear about the things that do bother you, you know, like they can't really be talking about the significant other in front of you. They can't really be, you know, making jokes or saying things or whatever, you know. And some people also on the other side, you know, just want to stay out of contact with every single person they shared in common and that's also valid. I think I think that in these cases once again it's also really personal and I think as long as you're not really hurting anybody it's or you know you're kind of like protecting yourself also I think everything is valid and understandable in a way you know if you're not going to be an asshole to people <laughs> or you know if you're not going to like offend others and you know I think conversation is key and you know giving them a heads up I've I've done this before, like, I, I remember the first time that I, well, not the first time, but <laughs> but I've done this also with when, not just breakups, but, like, friendship breakups breakups as well, when I, I just, I'm not friends with someone anymore, and there's a friend in common, like, kind of, like, that awkward moment when probably the friend is more friends with them than with me, but they're kind of, like, still gravitating around my circle, sort of, I remember... Telling this person, I was like, I'm really, really sorry. Right now I'm having a really hard time, you know, like around this circle, around this person, whatever. And I'm really just trying to heal. I need to step back. I will literally text you in a few months. (laughs) I, I will literally call you for coffee maybe in a few months. So, you know, I really, it's, you know, I really hope you understand. It's for my best or whatever, you know. So I think everything is valid as long as we are kind and... And we say things as they are. Um, Sometimes, you know, if those friends in common, you know, if you're feeling anxious and struggling mentally and emotionally, um, sometimes we don't have the mental stamina or the words or, you know, anything to do any of that. So I think it's also valid if you just need to step back. People should understand. And if if they don't understand, then you know who you're dealing with, you know. So... I think that as hard as it is, um, it's an opportunity to learn about yourself, learn about the circles that you want to be in. And also, I think my favorite part about kind of um, detaching from circles or places is that you get to nurture and like create or see your own or discover the new places that you adore and you love, you know. Of course, you know, I, I totally understand when like you think of a place that you used to love with this person or used to go with all the time and and that's so hard and that really sucks but I think it's also a great opportunity for you to be like okay then if, if this is hurting me too much like I should not you know if I'm in the capacity of avoiding it or not going then it's also an, an opportunity to discover new places or, or reframe the experience with something that only you enjoy you know it's like a great way of just having access to something that reminds you of other things, or just you, or you know what I mean? Anyway, I kind of lost it a little bit, but yeah, I think breakups are horrible, absolutely horrible, but I think that yeah, it's also an opportunity to leave something Yeah, I mean, as hard as it sounds, just leave something behind and whatever hurts you kind of like channel that energy to find new places and love new places that only you can access. Um, You know what I mean? Access isn't like that, that it's just like your thing, you know, kind of like make other things your thing so that you have like more points (laughs) that are your thing rather than things that make you miss the other person also with that being said I feel like when you love other things and other people and other places automatically kind of like that love towards other things and places and people cures in a way or kind of like pushes you through the pain of of the other things that used to hurt you Uh, at least that's from personal experience but yeah I think I think you definitely should Explore new places and, um, and if you can set some boundaries with these people, if they don't, you know, they don't really understand, um, definitely just find new people, like leave that circle. If you don't have energy for people right now, which could be the case, literally just focus on entertaining yourself and feeding yourself and showering, sleeping, working if you do, and stay healthy. That's my. Advice for fresh heartbreaks. Uh, Confession number three. (laughs) I love this. This is going to change the tone so much. Summer ending means it's pumpkin spice latte season, which I do find pretty overrated. This is kind of a hot take. And I don't really know if the hot take is that pumpkin spice latte is overrated or wait, hold on, if the hot take is thinking that or not thinking that, you know what I mean? I think probably this person is talking about the famous pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks, which I think is what made pumpkin spice lattes popular or cool online. I do remember loving the idea of a good pumpkin spice latte on Tumblr. Back in 2013 and 2014, when we were reblogging, tumblr images (laughs) um so i kind of do agree with this to be honest i never i think i think i just tried pumpkin spice latte once and it was definitely during the tumblr season and i remember absolutely hating it i thought it was vile and I was like, this is so expensive and this is so overrated. However, I remember going back home and still reblogging photos of pumpkin spice lattes. And I think it's one of those moments when you realize that you love the idea more than you love the actual fact, in this case, the thing. So so yeah, I mean, I, I agree to an extent. However, I think it's beautiful that as soon as summer's over, we kind of those of us at least in the uh, in the northern hemisphere that we kind of like assume well not really assume we kind of like associate this time of the year with like <laughs> no matter where we are no, honestly like with you know like chilly weather and like pumpkin spice and like um apple cider and like candles and like you know whatever Gilmer girls and you know all these movies and everything i think that's the power of the internet i guess um So I do think it's beautiful that we somewhat have a very similar definition of like a global definition of like what autumn fall time means. Um, So yeah, I will say, although on that same note, I will say the other day, I literally like a week ago, I was like, September's almost over. It's pumpkin spice season I went to the supermarket and there were a bunch of pumpkins it's the first time in like five years or four years that I'm here during the fall time so I saw like a bunch of pumpkins in late September which is you know kind of like the thing right so I went back home and I found in the pantry a can of pumpkin puree so the next morning (laughs) I made pumpkin puree with cinnamon pumpkin like sort of like a pumpkin pumpkin spice uh pumpkin puree slash spice pancakes for breakfast they were not extraordinary but it was really satisfactory just kind of like make like knowing that I was making pumpkin spice pancakes in late September there was something really magical about it and I will say I did not pay a lot of money for that. And that was even more satisfying. I made it myself. So there's a beauty to that. Of using those motifs in your own kitchen for yourself and your loved ones. I will also say there's a beauty in <laughs> in consuming the local and the goods in season. So I do remember having like this fantasy of going honestly like for many like probably like high school. Like nah, middle school, just middle school, maybe, Uh, maybe late, anyway, middle school, my fantasy was, like, going to a pumpkin patch, I'm not even joking, a pumpkin patch, so I do also associate, (laughs) I do have, like, a very specific image in my mind of autumn when I'm here, and, yeah, in this part of the world, I guess, um, so I do agree with it, with, I guess, the pumpkin spice latte, We were talking about lattes anyway. And I just went on like a tangent of like pumpkins when it was a like latte. Anyway, I do agree that pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks is pretty overrated. I do agree. But I do find a beauty in if life gives you pumpkins, make make pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin pumpkin pancakes or pumpkin muffins or whatever you want to make with pumpkin. It's quite delicious, so I definitely definitely suggest you to utilize goods in season during this time of the year. (laughs) So that's about it, I think. Next says, "I'm pretty sad and anxious thinking of my life last year. It felt it felt slash seemed more put together. I had better habits, etc. I don't know how to get back on my feet. This feels eternal." Oh, this is really, yeah, this is really tough. I'm really sorry. It's really, really tough. And I also do resonate a lot with like comparing. I don't know if this is just like, yeah, I don't know if it's it's really common. Maybe it is. But sometimes when like, as, like a month hits, especially like at the beginning of the month, I think of like the month of the, of the year before. I kind of like put them together like the year before before. And I don't really think that like you're... Ugh, iPhone memories I hate them I absolutely hate them like some of them are like quite wholesome you know it's like showing me travels or like you know this like random photo I took of like food or an animal or my pet or mountains or whatever but sometimes like it just shows me photos of like things or people and at least my 20s have been all over the place and I've gone through like 30 different social cir- circles so like sometimes I see people that I don't hang out with or you know places I'm not in anymore or whatever and I just get really sad and I do feel this heavily you know of like comparing yourself f- with yourself last year and feeling anxious about it I do understand you first of all I you're not alone and I, I think that Sometimes it's really, sometimes it's necessary to compare yourself with yourself in the past. But I feel like, I feel like when it gets to the point where you're starting to get really sad and anxious, it's not healthy, especially if you feel either confused or you're trying to figure out what habits or what, you know, what, what ways work for you to feel better. Um, I think that, I think, yeah, as I said, it really depends on the time you're at, you find yourself in your life. I think you should ask yourself, instead of maybe like, kind of like seeing this as nothing with a way out, you know, because it could be really, it could be really hard to look at the light at the end of the tunnel. So I think instead of kind of like, looking at that, as, as focusing on how eternal it feels, I feel... I feel like asking yourself what would make you feel better right now or what would you need right now or what would I want right now? Asking yourself those questions kind of like more specifically in first person without thinking of where you were at last year, without really thinking, just like focusing on right now, just like sitting down, acknowledging, you know, literally what's around you so that you kind of like bring yourself back to The present moment whatever you know whatever you need if it's like a little meditation if it's like a little there's a bunch of like mindfulness exercises to kind of like bring your body back into the present moment because people who suffer anxiety and um mostly anxiety and depression kind of like have a really hard time bringing their awareness and their minds into the present moment because we're either thinking of like the past or the future so i think grounding yourself first through an activity, through, you know, a specific environment, whether you're in nature, you're in your desk, you're meditating, you're listening to um, some music, you know, crystal healing, sound healing, whatever, even whatever it is, you could be in movement, you could be still, but asking yourself specifically those questions and without thinking of you in the past, without thinking what you were doing last year, without thinking who you were hanging out with, putting that aside, just asking yourself with the intention to serve only yourself, not even that version of you from last year. Also, I think it's kind of like a transformational year in general. I feel like at least my immediate social circle agrees with me with the fact that it's been kind of a crazy year kind of like all over the place, lots of changes, kind of really tough. So I think it's one of those things that sometimes hits us, like sometimes when we're about to change or take a really difficult decision or go through, you know, whatever it is, sometimes it, it does feel heavier and it feels like there's no end to that. But I can assure you that there is and if you can access professional help, I, yeah, I would highly suggest that if it's in your capacity, but definitely asking yourself directly those questions. At least that's what's helped me in the past and honestly acknowledging that what what worked for you last year might not work for you this year and trying new things, just trying new things out and do not measure your own, your standards or your progress with with the same measurements of you last year or of your mates or whoever you know like i think right now kind of like starting from scratch and rediscovering this version of yourself that you might be struggling to accept or to get to know i think it could be a really great opportunity as well to maybe shed some light on on maybe the dark aspects that you have not maybe that you've never encountered within yourself but I do hope you feel better soon next says I am five months off my lowest point health-wise I quit dieting too and I'm so happy with my weight and my blood test results look pretty good too um, intuitive eating I'm so sorry I just wrote <laughs> I wrote everything down on paper and it's been kind of a mess with my handwriting intuitive eating has saved me as well as realizing oh sorry oh yeah hold on sorry intuitive eating has saved me as well as i've realized the toxic mentality we grew up with around food and our bodies first of all congratulations for being five months of the lowest point of your like of your journey within health that's amazing and also congratulations on quitting dieting. There's nothing I, you know, I have nothing against dieting. I'm not a dietitian, but I can agree as well. If you haven't listened to my last episode, go listen to it, The Aesthetics of Health or something like that, I don't know. I talk about also my issues with um with dieting and why I quit dieting. And it's amazing that you're doing intuitive eating. I personally think and I agree that intuitive eating is great when mm, when you don't have a condition that really narrows your, for example, your your food menus, like your food options and you take meds and everything. I think when you have the option to, intuitive eating is great because you get to know your body, you get to feel your body and you can fuel and feed your body um according to how you feel how it feels best how you feel lighter how you feel better it's a muscle I think that needs practice so I think the more that you try it the better it is which is it's just a beautiful process to witness so um congratulations on that and I also swear by intuitive eating to be honest there's been moments in my life when I mean, especially when it gets colder that I just eat, eat, eat all the time <laughs> where I really need food. Whereas during the summer, I'm kind of, it's stuff, def- it's definitely kind of like more winging it and like more intuitive in the sense of like, sometimes I don't like, I just eat when I'm hungry and I'm, I have really specific cravings and you know, whatever that speaks for specific needs as well. And specific maybe vitamins that I need. Um, so it's a really really beautiful process that um we this person is doing blood tests which yeah which is great because if we have like some guidance through blood tests or you know like those allergy tests for like you know to figure out if we're aller- allergic to specific foods or anything i think that's an amazing tool to enhance intuitive eating as a practice as a daily practice so i think it's a very beautiful thing to do for for ourselves and with ourselves um yeah amazing congratulations I love this last one for today we have a hot take actually hot take maybe but I find crystals and all that like pure marketing I don't know what to think about that I go and buy stuff and just end up depressed when I see all it costs lol honestly fair enough I think Maybe this is a hot take as well. I I mean I don't know at this point, but pretty fair enough. I think. Well, I don't know where, I don't know where you come from, where this person is from, but within the U.S., I find that many ancestral practices, like for example, utilizing incense or Palo Santo or sage or um, candles or even crystals, became marketed towards. In this case, for example, like the new, new age community, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to get in trouble saying specific kinds of people, but you know what I mean. It kind of just like got marketed, kind of got marketed when it when they noticed that, um, that yeah, that it was selling and that not necessarily everybody who was purchasing these items were people who were, you know, either... F- their ancestors were practicing this or, you know, they know even the meaning of these practices or these items. Um, so I do think that it's it's a big business and um, many, many, yeah, many businesses are profiting off, in this case, like indigenous practices and they're selling them and they're whitewashing them. And I do agree with that. Absolutely. Um, however, I do agree that they have their purpose and they that they serve their purpose I think that if we do research on um yeah on whatever item you find um let's say quote unquote esoteric um or mystical or you know whatever I think I think it's got its purpose in culture and history within communities um also yeah the same happened with like some ceremonies, like, well, some sort of, like, yeah, like, mind-altering ceremonies, such as, like, ayahuasca, or peyote, peyote, or, um, you know, hallucinogenos. I always, like, really struggle saying this word in English, hallucinogens, for example. That's another big conversation <laughs> um, that I learned a lot from my, the, person that I admire the most probably within the literary no just kidding but I learned a lot on this book called this is your mind on plans by Michael Pollan he talks about um, for example these practices whitewashed and also utilized for recreational purposes rather than healing purposes back in the day indigenous peoples would utilize for example ayahuasca or peyote as, as, a, as a way to heal and deal with the trauma of colonization and nowadays we're seeing people you know access this medicine to you know have a trip and enjoy themselves or you know whatever they use it for and it's also marketed as something that only woo-woo hippie dippy white people are doing you know i have nothing against these people nothing against but i think there's a lot of meaning behind many practices that are now being marketed as something new as something you know tiktok worthy as something that social media baddies are doing when in reality it's ancestral practices you know that are being brought back by You know by the internet but yeah I mean to an extent I do agree with you that it's that it could be pure marketing and it's really depressing seeing that it's really expensive as well absolutely what it what what depresses me the most is knowing that many of these practices that are being taken away from from their cultural setting are businesses profiting and they're not giving anything back to these communities and cultures that were the or are the actual ones who utilize this you know so Absolutely, I agree. I think that westernizing these practices has its price, and um and yeah, and these communities are paying for that. So um I think I would suggest, and I would may I bring a little suggestion? um If you're going to purchase, because I do as well. You know, I, I I I like having my crystal collection since I'm very little before they became mainstream. And no, I'm just kidding, but um. Since I was very little, I was always, like, really drawn to that. Growing up in Mexico, we've always... I mean, there's some sort of, like, mystic to our culture. And we're obsessed with, like, all these things since always. So, I do enjoy that aspect of... Yeah, I, I just... I, I love it. <laughs> so, but my advice would be if if you buy, you know, like, Palo Santo or Sage or, you know, you're participated in ceremonies, or, you know, whatever you do, make sure you're supporting, make sure you know who's behind the business, make sure you're, you know, you know who you are supporting, and just avoid mass-produced, and, 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 you know, yeah, just avoid those things, to be honest, like, it's just so annoying seeing fast fashion even, like, mimic these things, or, you know, like, the dollar store (laughs) selling things like these, when we know that 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 is pure marketing in my opinion in my humble and personal opinion so so yeah that's it for today for your questions and confessions I pulled um this morning I pulled a little card from my um deck of um of journaling insight cards thingies like prompts and I found this one really timely and yeah, just like a perfect little ritual, just like a perfect prompt, set of prompts for the end of the month to start October in the best way possible. So it's called Let It Go and it says, letting go of the need to hold onto grudges or hurts from the past, frees up energy and space within yourself. So the prompts are the following. First it says... Write a list of the old grudges or hurts you hold on to. I love writing lists. Also, when I'm journaling, I, I find that super useful. Um, so you might. Yeah, I think I this is a, this is an exercise I love doing at the end of the year, which I kind of should be doing probably every month, to be honest. So it's a really great timing of just writing down the things that I would like to release and let in this month and not bring with me in the next one. Um, not for that to stop, but just to be aware and conscious of the things that I do want to release and things that I just want to replace with some better ones, I think. So write a list of the old grudges or hurts you hold onto. Second, how long have you been holding onto these? Oh, so it's kind of like a follow-up question. How long have you been holding onto these? So these questions... I guess, sorry, the answers are varied and different. So if you want to answer to each one of those things that you are writing down, perfect. If you want to skip that because it triggers you or anything, perfect as well. Up to you. Third, what impact do you think this has on your life? Really interesting. Very confrontational as well. I've done this exercise before a while ago, so I'm definitely doing it again, and yeah, it's, 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 it's uncomfortable. So I would definitely suggest you sitting down comfortably at peace, maybe having a little drink next to you, maybe having sort of setting an intentional moment. Um, you know, if you need to go to like a cafe, if you need to go to the beach, if you are in in the office, (laughs) no, just kidding. Don't do it in the office, but you know, wherever before going to bed in the morning, you can like write them down and do them first thing in the morning. It's like a morning page, like a morning, a little morning dump. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Last one. What would you say to them if you had the chance? Write a letter that you never send, send? Should it be? Anyway, write a letter that you never send, or have a conversation out loud to yourself. How the how does this feel? Best thing, honestly, so like such a release. Writing letters to somebody or something or to yourself that you will not send. That you just where you just need to like write everything down, r- verbalize it as it as it is, like no filters, no nothing, and just like write everything down. It's honestly magical, truly magical. The release that comes after that it's honestly amazing so it says what would you say to them if you had the chance write a letter that you never send or have a conversation out loud to yourself how does this feel write that letter if you feel like it to your old self to the month to that person to those people to that place to whatever it is that it's holding you back that it's not really letting you release certain things, that it's not really letting you step towards where you want to be, how you want to feel. It's a great time. Last days of the month are here to refreshen us and feel uncomfortable, but hopefully bring us release if we choose to practice that relief. release, I think um this is it for today thank you so much for listening I'm really happy um I feel like I'm quite energized because I went to walk my dog um Robin Lulu I went to walk him um maybe like an hour ago and it was full moon and there, like there was no lights on and the moon was shining so bright that I was just like seeing everything really clearly from the moon I had like a moon bath sort of thing so that was amazing and I feel very energized. So I'm really hoping that, um, that yeah, that you enjoy and utilize this new moon to have a little ritual, have a little sit down, chat with yourself. And yeah, I really hope you have an amazing last days of September. I hope that you're feeling at peace and energized and yeah, that October is gentle, tender, lighter, and fun and loving thank you so much for listening don't forget to rate the podcast to share the episodes to subscribe on the patreon if you want journaling sessions every month and yeah i'll see you on the next episode take lots of care